0: Hello and welcome to episode 106 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. This is a podcast all about entertainment and parenting in Hollywood. Today, I am talking to Melissa Chalsma, the artistic director for the Independent Shakespeare Company in Los Angeles. And we are talking about bringing Shakespeare to life in the park every summer for families to enjoy. And we are also talking about dreams and goals and what is the measure of success. Let's do it. Hello, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prudes perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey guys, hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. I did. My mom came into town and we, this is kind of a tricky thing because my mom and I sometimes don't get along and I realized the irony of me having a, podcast all about motherhood when I don't actually ever really talk about my mom or get along really with my mom Um, but that is a topic for another day when we, we can delve into the psychosis behind that but anyway regardless my mom was in town and we actually had a really nice week we went and saw some fireworks and ate way too much food like you do And I started realizing, like, I'm just feeling so unhealthy and sluggish. And part of it might be that it's like a thousand degrees in L.A. this week and I feel like I can't get moving or motivated or anything. And my pants are tight, (laughs) but um, uh, maybe that might have something to do with it. But, um, yeah, I just started realizing, like, I'm super unhealthy and I'm wanting to make some changes um, in my diet uh and in my exercise routine. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to be making some announcements in that in the coming weeks as well to what I'm doing. Will it be lipo? Maybe. Um will it just be a full body reconstructive surgery perhaps? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh anyway, hi. Hello. How are you? Uh I hope you guys listened to last week's episode with Alec Baldwin. Wow. If you missed it, go and listen to it. He was so lovely and so generous talking about his experience um, being the boss on Boss Baby or playing a boss on Boss Baby and playing bosses on um, several different shows and films. So uh, really generous with his time and his um, his knowledge. So make sure you check that out. Also, while you're uh, listening to my backlog of podcasts, make sure you subscribe to Motherhood in Hollywood. If you haven't done it yet, do it. It literally takes one second to click a subscribe and then leave me a review. Would you please just say hi? Hello? How are you? I see it, I love it, and it means the world to me if you do that. So, and uh, make sure you follow me at Heather Brooker, which, oh my God, by the way, uh, so excited, I just got verified on Twitter. What? Um, <clears throat> so surprised and so exciting. I know for some people it's not really that big of a deal, but for me I was like, hey, does this mean I'm, I'm a star? Is this, does this mean I've made it? Um, probably not. Probably not, but that's okay. But anyway, uh, follow me on Twitter at Heather Brooker where I sometimes tweet inappropriate things and also on Instagram at motherhood in Hollywood and Facebook at motherhood in Hollywood and I appreciate it. I do lots of giveaways um, on my Facebook page every week. Every Thursday I do a Facebook live where I give away some stuff, some swag that I got uh, that I get from parties and events that I get invited to because hey, what fun is getting free stuff if you can't share it with the people you love? Am I right? I'm always right. As I tell my daughter, I'm always right. So I want to talk about this week's episode because a few weeks ago, um, Chris and I were invited to go see Shakespeare in the Park here in Los Angeles at Griffith Park. And we were talking and we realized it has been years since we've seen a Shakespeare play or seen Shakespeare performed. And we were both theater majors at one point in college before both. Actually, we kind of had very similar paths, if you will. Um, We were both in theater and then switched over to broadcast journalism, which is actually where we met in the broadcasting department. Um, He was in radio and I was in television. And But we both still always had a love for theater, a love for performing. And uh, we were excited to go and see this play and take Channing with us. Now, it's an evening play. We weren't sure how she would do, but, man, she was a rock star. She sat up and, like, laughed at the jokes. I mean, she got kind of tired towards the end because it was about 10 o'clock at night, and that's way past her bedtime. But the feeling of sitting in the park with uh, with hundreds of other people, maybe even thousands. There was a lot of people there. Um, we were You could bring snacks and drinks, and so we're sitting there enjoying our cheese plates <laughs> and sausage and watching my daughter watch Shakespeare be performed was such a full circle moment for me. And I know it was for Chris too, that just sort of reinvigorated my love for theater and for performing and for, you know, just beautifully written, classically written plays. And I'm so thrilled to be able to interview the artistic director, Melissa Chalsma is her name, from the Independent Shakespeare Company here in Los Angeles. And I'm a little embarrassed because I got a little weepy towards the end of our interview because it started bringing up all these nostalgic feelings for me and reminding me of how much I love theater and how much I love performing. So I am absolutely thrilled to share this interview with uh, her with you. And also, she really has some wonderful things to say about the measure of success. What is your measure of success? When do you think you know you've made it? Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that today. So here is my interview with Melissa Chalsma. So I have to say, I really enjoyed going to your show on Saturday night and I have been really looking forward to this interview ever since. So, Melissa Chalzma, the Artistic Director of the Independent Shakespeare Company here in Los Angeles, thank you so much for
1: coming by. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, I have to say on many different levels, this was a a wonderful show for me to go see. We went and saw Measure for Measure and we took my four-year-old daughter, Channing. Oh, great. And it was... The first time she's ever been to a play, it's the first time she's ever been to an outdoor play, and it's the first time she's ever seen Shakespeare. So we were, like, a little nervous.
1: Understandably.
0: (laughs) She was also staying up past her bedtime. So it was, like, a whole bunch of um, unknowns. And she watched the whole thing. Oh, that's great. She was captivated and she laughed when she was supposed to laugh. <laughs> wow. And we were oh like,
1: my <laughs> oh my gosh. Measure for Measure is not an easy play either. So that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty impressive. That's, that's what great. we thought
0: we were like, Measure for Measure. And honestly, Chris and I both, uh, my husband Chris and I, were theater majors at Oklahoma State. Uh, which is funny because we didn't meet in the theater. We actually met in journalism. We had very similar paths, but our paths didn't cross till we were in journalism school. So, um, we're both familiar with Shakespeare had performed it before, but it had been a long time since we had actually sat down to like really get into a Shakespeare play. And so we were like, how's she going to do? I don't know. But she just like laughed and enjoyed it, sat there eating her goldfish and just had a good old time. And eventually she kind of nodded off on my lap a little bit, but, um, it's so great. Tell me, you you've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. What what um, was the precipice? Is that a word? Did I just make up a word? I think you precipice? might have, but I, so did
1: Shakespeare. So, but it's is, actually what was very the impetus? Keeping, <laughs> that's, impetus. There that's we go. What I'm trying to say. Sometimes it feels like a precipice. <laughs> it does. So that's Let's about just right. just make up words. I do that <laughs> a lot.
0: What was the impetus? Like, what started all of this?
1: Well, when I started the company with my husband, David, who you saw in the uh, production the other night, and tell everybody who he played, he plays the Duke Uh in Measure for Measure, and he'll be directing Two Gentlemen of Verona, which is the next play in the season. And he and I were actors in New York, and we were mostly out of work. As many actors as many actors are, in New yeah, York are, or in New York, many actors are, and what we sort of realized at a certain point was that, um, you know, a lot of us would kind of sit around and complain about not having work, and then we'd complain even more when we finally got work because it wasn't <laughs> the right work, or right. And um, at the time, uh, my husband was a uh, private detective as his day job. What? <laughs> and that's and a, then I that's ended up crazy. working at the same detective agency. A lot of actors did because our jobs was to go undercover in. Um, the Chinatown area and Little Italy area, and find people selling counterfeit bags. <gasps> document how many counterfeit bags they were selling. Find out where they were hiding the counterfeit. I mean, it was crazy. That's like, did, amazing. Yeah. And you would have to put on different disguises because you'd be going down there every day. Oh my gosh. So they had a disguise closet in the agency. An and, actor's dream, though. And, really. Yeah. And so a lot of actors would do this job, and and one and sometimes you'd be your job would be to sit outside <laughs> and uh, do. Surveillance, Mm -hmm. and so you'd be sitting for maybe like six hours outside a shop, and it's really hard to be inconspicuous. And (laughs) my husband, at a certain point, gave up being inconspicuous, and he would just he you know didn't put on disc. He still managed to do really well in that job, and how he did it. But he was reading the Village Voice, and there was a a theater there called Nada, Totokan Nada, which was this amazing downtown theater, and he was going to present all of Shakespeare's plays in one season. And his space was he maybe had eleven foot ceilings. It was tiny, tiny, tiny space. And so David was thinking about what should we put on. And he thought like if we were doing that, what would be the most audacious thing to do? And he was thinking about uh, how would you do a production of Henry V on this ten by ten stage? And it actually would be the perfect play, but yeah, because it's about imagination. But right. at the time, he was thinking it was battles. And <laughs> and he we and we didn't participate in that season. And in fact, that season didn't happen. But we did produce Henry V in New York and. Um, we um, got a group of friends together and said, hey, we're all sort of sitting around out of work and complaining. Let's see what happens if we do, do something. something. Yeah. And we spent $800 and we worked in this wonderful, crazy space uh, by the guy who later started, th- was one of the co-founders of the New York International Fringe Festival, John Clancy. Oh, wow. Okay. And he was running a space downtown and, but it, it he didn't want to charge people a lot. This is a long, long intake to the story, but it's, it it has a good payoff, I think. Um, so he kept his theater running all the time and you paid a percentage of your box office. So five people showed up, you paid $10 for that night or, you know, so, but he had to keep it running basically 24 hours. So our time slot was 10 PM Tuesday nights to do our show. And, uh, it was after a production of Pigoletto, which was indeed Rigoletto starring a man in a pig suit. What? So we'd go Pigoletto and then Henry V. Wow. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was really crazy. And indeed, you know, sort of five people would come and it was freezing. It wasn't heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the middle of February on the Lower East Side of New York. And for some reason, we loved doing it. Yeah. And I can't quite, it, you know, it was... Um, really thrilling to sort of say we did that mm-hmm. we did that and we didn't wait around for someone to hire us because I think that's the most st- st- well you you know the stressful thing about being as an actor is you're so dependent on other people's opinion of you yes yes
0: and whether or not they mm -hmm. think you're right for the part you know you're right for the part you just have to wait for everybody else to decide yeah
1: and and what it's based on is mysterious you don't know and people you you go and people go you're amazing but you're not you know and you don't so I think for us it was sort of this feeling of well whether that was a terrible or great we made it we didn't wait for somebody to tell us we could make it. I and love And that was that. pretty intoxicating to say we don't need to wait. Yeah.
0: I love to hear you say that because that is what I say a lot on this show. If there's anything, actors listening, moms listening, people who want to take a leap of faith and start a new business, whatever. I always say don't wait for somebody to give you permission to do it. Don't wait for somebody to cast you. Go and create your own something. You know, create your own path and I think everything else will fall into line eventually
1: yeah I I think what is really it's challenging because I think especially if you're somebody regardless of what industry you're interested in Mm -hmm. you have in your picture your mind what success looks like sure yeah and the biggest thing I've had to change is what for, you know, for whatever reason, I've always wanted to be an actor. For, mm-hmm. I don't know why, my family didn't go to the theater, mm-hmm. I wasn't in theater classes, mm-hmm. but I cannot remember a time I didn't wanna do theater. But I had in my mind for a long time what success in that looked like. What did it look like to you? Oh, you know, p- being on Broadway, getting a Tony Award, casting directors knowing my name, doing feature films, sure. You know, kind of what would be a very uh, straightforward view of what success was. Mm-hmm. And and I held on to that for a long time, even after we have been producing a while. So I said to this this agent I was meeting with um, that, well, that I was able to be producing the plays I want in the way I wanted to produce it with the people I wanted to work with. And he said, why do you need me? And I thought, you're right. <laughs> I don't need you. I actually have achieved, you know, I replaced what looked success looked like for me, which isn't to say it's easy and it's extremely stressful and we're always broke and, you know, all the things that so many people can relate to but my idea of what it meant to make a difference doing the work that I love really changed yeah and and it was and once that fixed in my mind it explained a lot of things for me and explained why I had made the choices I'd made you know I was really Mm -hmm. on the path yeah without realizing it because in my mind I had this very very vivid picture of what sure. I thought I was supposed to want or what I, I did that. want. Yeah. And it turned out that that wasn't what I wanted. That is so fantastic to
0: hear. And honestly, a reminder that I need to, cause I'm going through a lot right now where I'm, you know, what am I doing? Motherhood in Hollywood has been this wonderful um, success. And I've been, and I don't say that to be braggy, but it, cause it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, who's going to listen to me talk forever? And like, you know, who's going to want to be on my show was really the, was really it. And um, I am an actor too. Mm -hmm. My family did not take me really to the theater. I mean, we went to the Nutcracker every year, but really it was not like, theater was a regular part of our lives, but I've always wanted to be an actor. There's something I think inside actors and performers where you have a need to um, get it out. Like whether it's through a comedy piece or a dramatic piece or something like that, where you just have this need to perform and entertain um, in some way or affect people Mm -hmm. with your abilities in some way. So I totally understand that. But then you start thinking, you know, Am I a success? I have this great podcast. People listen to it. They seem to enjoy it. But I'm not acting. I'm not acting regularly like I would like to be. For me, that level, a bar would be being a regular on a TV show. Mm-hmm. That's always been my goal. I want to be a series regular on a TV show. And I'm not that. And I've been doing this, you know, God, I think I joined SAG 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? at what point do you start to go, well, maybe... I change my perspective on what success is, or maybe I change, do you change your dream? You know, that's, that's the question. Like what, when do you start altering things? I
1: think that, you know, there was a point where I realized that when I was imagining myself getting a Tony award or, you know, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. what I was really imagining was that I was happy. Yeah. It was this feeling associated in that picture was one of joy. Of Joy. Yeah. And that, you could achieve those things and still not feel joy. So what I was really fantasizing about was a life where I felt fulfilled. And that was when I thought about it that way, things became much more clear because it's hard to predict what will fulfill you. Sure. So for me, it was, it was, it was sort of when I thought that it was became much easier to kind of release that, you know, I'm, I don't know, not as successful as my classmates or I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't compare, you know, know, it's hard. Yes. It's very hard not to compare yourself to others. I think, especially, um, as you know, my, I struggle with that as an actress is that as you get older as an actress, Your your, the commodity that is you, (laughs) yeah, loses value. Yeah, there's sort of less less work, and even especially in Shakespeare, really. I mean, there's it becomes you know it's it's a it's a tricky kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and and you do start. uh, I do think a lot now about you know is this am I fulfilled? If I'm looking at fulfillment as my benchmark, how do I quantify that? Versus you know the like the, the the chances of me getting a tony award diminish by the day <laughs> you know? oh, no. cuz you know because you I go hate, further and further away I from that path that. it's not that it's I mean, not it's possible true. it's true and i hate but it's that true. it's yeah. so but yet i feel the I only same way have about this, my
0: academy award i just right. see it getting farther and farther away <laughs> it could still happen it could still, it could happen. still happen remember that lady from titanic She was like 80. That's right. It could happen. (laughs) My husband reminds me of that. He's like, remember the Titanic lady? And I'm like, I don't want it when I'm 80. I want it now. I know. Hey, you guys, I want to take just a minute to talk to you about your face. (laughs) That's right. I want to talk to you about nudu. How nudu can help you get radiant and glowing skin because it all begins with the right products. And Nudu has no toxic chemicals in any of their products. It's a luxury skincare line that offers your skin long-term care to help you look and feel your very best. It's a very simple three-step process. It's the Nudu Natural Beauty System. Cleanse to purify, tone to balance, and moisturize to get that glamorous glow that we all need, right? Go right now to motherhoodinhollywood.com. Click on the do image and that will take you to the Nudu website where you can select the products that will work best for you, but make sure you enter the code Hollywood at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your order. What a great deal. New helping you create a new you.
1: But so it's, it is, it is, uh, it is, it's challenging, especially I think if you're in industries where the definition of success is pretty narrow the accepted definition of success is very narrow yes um you know i think then you you uh it's easy to kind of think yourself into a state of dread. Yeah. that you will not achieve your aspirations. <laughs>
0: um I just want to be able to brag to my friends that I did something the that That's they right. didn't. Is that terrible? No. <laughs> I just want to brag to
1: my friends. I, I think I'm on com- TV. I think competitive <laughs> I think being competitive is a really it's, a, a, big it's motivator. a great thing. Yeah. You know, you can be competitive and still be kind. Totally. But That's my true. Com- com- my competitive nature has led me to do a lot of things yeah. that I just you know, it is just not okay with me if I'm not <laughs> doing the best. Right, you know? right. And, uh, and I've never achieved the best, so it keeps me getting up in the morning. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me that how you
0: transitioned out to L.A. with your uh, Shakespeare. Yeah,
1: so we had, we had done a few shows in New York, and we'd actually had a chance to tour a couple things to smaller theaters in Europe, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got pregnant with our daughter, And we, at the same time I got pregnant, we had been living in a basement apartment of a brownstone and our landlord said, I want to move into the basement and rent the top and you're going to need to move out. (gasps) So we had an $1,100 one bedroom garden apartment in Brooklyn and we were looking and we realized there was no way we could afford anything like that anywhere else in New York at the time that we would, could live. I was, a, I think we were both mostly working as caterers. I was pregnant, and my sister was living in L.A., and she said, she sent me a little note that said, come to L.A., the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> and then she sent me a calendar, and it said, you know, June 24th, pick up gold off streets. She said, you can stay with us as long as you want. So oh, I was, what an awesome I, sister. She is pretty. My sister is very awesome. So we moved out here, um, and I think maybe... I Four months later, had the baby and um, we're kind of just picked up from here, producing theater here because we, what else were we supposed to? Now we were sure. just unemployed actors in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally and, uh, and so, and I, at that point I had done a, a, a certain amount of uh, regional theater work, but I didn't really, I couldn't really picture how to do that with a child. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends do that and I'm amazed that they can yeah. do that. I, I just I couldn't. I'm too anxious. I'm a very anxious parent. It yeah. became really clear really early that that was not something I could it would do be and hard to maintain be in my way, happiness every
0: night for rehearsals. And then you got the whole length of the show run or whatever. I don't know that I could do that. And I don't know. I mean, I could probably work it out. My husband's pretty great about helping, but I don't know that I would want to do that. I would miss her so much, and I would hate sort of dumping all of that responsibility on him while I'm gone for. Months, Yeah. You know? See, so
1: I think that was, became really evident to me. And so we were just looking for, um, so we decided to start producing here at that kind of level of, you know, we did, we're doing really small theaters, you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. um, out here, it's the 99 seat theater. So it's a the small yeah. theaters. Uh, and then, um, decided, well, what if we did it free and outdoors? There's other, you know, there's certainly, there were some theaters doing that here, but that was something I'd done a lot of with summer Shakespeare because Shakespeare had always been my favorite, uh, playwrights right. my favorite thing to perform in and uh, it just kind of fit really well just somehow it all everything it was one of those things where it was lucky we found a good venue we had a good group of people has it been in that the same great. venue ever since no you know we start we actually did our uh uh Very first outdoor performance was in a Franklin Canyon Park, and we just did a weekend, which is a really beautiful park. Mm -hmm. And then, for uh, so I want to say six years was it, we were at Barnstall Park, which is in East Hollywood, Mm -hmm. which is a really nice spot, but we outgrew it. Yeah, we were our crowds were too big. And then, so in 2010, with the help of Rex and Parks, the um department, we were able to move to where we are now, where you saw us the other night in in the old zoo area in Griffith Park.
0: the perfect spot for mm-hmm. it, um, mostly because it's also five minutes from my house. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's and the best. in that L.A. is, is, the is best so far situation. away. <laughs> and I'm like, "Where is it? I'll be there." <laughs> um, but also, it's something that's really needed in L.A. It's the perfect place for it. It gets cool in the evening, like mm-hmm. we were talking about, um, and there's no bugs outside, which is great. <laughs> so it's like everybody can just go and get their um, <coughs> excuse me, get their blankets, bring their special brownies. I know that there was some. Stuff floating around
1: <laughs> when we were there. Oh, was we like, there some special brownies? I don't know. We like, some people came I have, to play. I have no knowledge of that being no knowledge of special brownies no at the outdoor Shakespeare whatsoever. <laughs> I deny
0: all knowledge of that. Um, but I think it was just what was great about it. And Chris and I were talking about this is the um, I
1: love that people are going to Shakespeare and. And gang high. high. Of course. I mean, it's LA. I feel like everybody's high all the time. Crazy. Uh, Drive safely, everyone. Yes,
0: please. But no, (laughs) we were talking about how there was this sense of community Mm -hmm. and a sense of fandom because no performance, you know, it's very rare to go to anything that's outdoors where people are not like, you know, joking around or talking or laughing. Everybody was watching the show. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody was watching. They were laughing at the appropriate moments. Like we, they were invested in what you were doing, and that to me was such a wonderful feeling. And like,
1: must make you so proud to be like it's, you're creating yeah. something that yeah. people truly love. It's amazing. And we, it was we just really. I have I have you know performed Shakespeare lots of places in America. I mean that's such a huge American tradition, the outdoor mm-hmm. Shakespeare festival. Even my husband's British, David's British, but <clears throat> even more so. I mean, there's a lot of that in England. But he really thought he's like every American city has a Shakespeare festival. Yeah, of course
0: they do. It's a big deal.
1: Of course, we've done it, makes awesome it. Makes us feel yeah, <laughs> fancy. <laughs> makes us feel like we're <laughs> we're we're actually actors. <laughs> but but I and I did find but I have found that the audiences in L.A. are a the most, at least in our performances, what's been so special is it's extremely diverse on every yeah, level. I did from that. From small children to older adults, mm-hmm. from people from all different um, economic walks of life, mm-hmm. all such a, all different um, ethnic backgrounds, all yeah. different. You know, some people have never seen a play before. Some people are avid theater fans, um, and it's and we are so amazed. Kind of, I look out sometimes and I think this is like being at a Dodgers game. Yeah. This is nuts. And they're here to watch a Shakespeare play. And like you said, for the most part, it, special brownies notwithstanding, (laughs) people really do come and enjoy the yeah. product production and they listen to the language they and do. they follow the action and it isn't just about oh we're you know it is nice to go to those summer events where you're just on the you know eating your grapes sure, and cheese sure. and kind of half listening to the music yeah but I don't I agree with you I don't feel like that's generally true Generally, like nobody people are was on really their phone into it. nobody so was <laughs> like having a side conversation I have um, seen people being very romantic Oh, In the no. back, sometimes oh, you sure. see some very romantic action under the blanket. They were the ones with the brownies, let's, the man. Man. <laughs> let's be honest. I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I like might try that one little time. Little Shakespeare in the park and have
0: the like the romance. So um, it, is, it
1: is pretty amazing to yeah. think that, that Shakespeare, this long, long dead author, is kind of the catalyst for this amazing community events yeah and you guys do it um every is it wednesday through sunday it's wednesday through sunday um the only throughout the summer throughout the summer we will be there through september 3rd (coughs) so we play through labor day weekend and there's one week in the middle there where we're changing the shows over where it's just saturday and sunday but other than that it's wednesday through sunday and we have the plays and then on certain nights there's pre-show performances by other groups we have workshops for families so you can bring your Kids, and they get mm-hmm. to know the play and tour backstage. Oh, neat. We're going to do um, – one night you're going to be able to register to vote. Ah. One night we're going to do a write-your-elected official night, and we'll we'll pay for the stamps, and you can just write, you know, That's great. hopefully about how important the arts are to you. That would be, a night, would be like what we would like, but you right. can say whatever you want because right. we always want the audience to feel very free. So we've got a lot of sort of events going around, coming, you know, during the summer um, that hopefully – makes everyone in the community feel welcome and that there's something for that appeals to everybody and I think that's our approach for the plays too Mm -hmm. is on a given night we want people to find something in that production that is for them that resonates with Mm -hmm. them how do you guys choose your plays because measure for measure is obviously
0: not one of the um ones most people are familiar with it's one of the I don't want to say lesser known but
1: I, can, I think BC's it's peace, for maybe. sure. It's, yeah, maybe. It's, yeah, it's a definitely
0: uh, less, performed, yeah, sure. it's less performed, for sure. Yeah, it's less performed. And uh, how do you guys decide what you want to do? Just sort of whatever is speaking to you?
1: I think so. And I think we usually look at, for me, a lot of times when I'm trying to think about what to do next... I'm, I get attracted by the idea of a certain actor playing a role because we work with the same group of people. Oh, you do over time. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not—it's not kind of. Uh, I know some it's companies like have company. sort of official membership. Com- it's not like yeah. that, but we are—we are definitely an artists' collective, uh, and I think that shows up in the work. We—it's a group of people that have are very invested in the mission of the organization, uh, which isn't you know, always a prerequisite, but for us it really is, because you have to kind of, it's an effort to get things up in the park mm-hmm. as a performer, and you have to really believe in access, you know, and so I think everyone in the team right now is, they, they really appreciate that this is about making something that's accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. You have, the, they're community-minded, they love classical theater, they love working on it in the way we work on it, so it's this kind of a collective group of people um, you also have a very diverse cast as we, well. Mm-hmm. Is that intentional? Y- yeah, sure yes. Yeah. I think I think that's something that um, is hard to do unintentionally. Yeah, I mean in the sense that uh, theater typically is not a particularly diverse place, right. I think, Especially that, with Shakespeare. Especially with Shakespeare. And I think the Los Angeles theater community is sort of just waking up to that and sort of going, hey, wait a minute, we should probably serve our whole community. Mm-hmm. But for us, ever since we started performing outdoors, we really wanted to have the sense that we were performing for all of Los Angeles. And so we were really conscious about trying how to how can we branch out of our social circle, which at the time was really based on maybe people I went to graduate school with.
0: Sure. Or, sure. you know,
1: kind of a more limited friends group. So we were really, think we really thought about tactics about um, how do we broaden our circle spheres of influence so that we're able to bring in different kind of artists, different people. Um, but it was definitely conscious to do that. And we primarily, I mean, a large part of it is that we really want to have an audience that's everybody. Yeah. I think that's very powerful yeah. to be in a group of people laughing at the same joke and you kind of go, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. We're all laughing at this same thing. Yeah. Isn't that say something about what's real and the arts and, mm-hmm. and the power of the written word. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: how do you keep it free? Because nothing is free in LA. Nothing is free. And it's this is really such hard. a wonderful yeah. undertaking and a beautifully yeah. done production. <laughs> the fact that you guys are able to keep it free is incredible.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. It's really challenging. And it's, it's um, it has to be free because if it's not free right away, you're going to cut out everyone who doesn't go to theater normally. Yeah. And for us, I'm hoping people come. Maybe they come the next summer. Then they think, oh, well, maybe I should go see that play. That yeah, looked and interesting. and I'll bring my friends. And theater's for me. Yeah. Theater's something that belongs to all of us. Mm-hmm. We, all should, we all can have it. So for us, it has to be free because access is our primary mission. Uh, uh, but it is definitely challenging. California is a very challenging state for arts funding. It's very low That's so interesting. per capita. It's maybe, I think, the last uh, w- at one point, it was second from the bottom. That's crazy I think it's to me. The, I mean, this is where you know,
0: Hollywood is. This is would,
1: where the arts and entertainment capital should
0: be, right? You would think
1: that, yes. And then in the state, Los Angeles is the lowest city. So what? municipally, and, and, and it, there's lots of reasons for that. Yeah. It's very cash-strapped it, there's many, many reasons for this. We have uh, some great municipal arts organizations. They're just not like as well funded as some other things. Mm-hmm. And I think Los Angeles also has a very odd um, sort of point of view about philanthropy.
0: Hmm. I don't okay. think it
1: has the same philanthropic traditions as some other cities I've been in. It's you know where people are sort of I'm invested in this idea of a symphony for St. Louis. Yeah, sure. It's a little harder, I think, to sell that in Los Angeles, maybe because we're so spread out geographically. And maybe that because that sense everybody of civic
0: works in, in, in the industry already where they feel like, oh, if I'm producing this movie, I'm already invested in the arts. Maybe
1: that is. And I, I was wondering too recently, I was thinking about that, that you know, with film and television, they're com- – commodities in a way you know what we 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 are in a community where on the news you know npr reports on box office yeah so like a very local yeah. news station say this opened with a so this idea that the arts should be attached to money i think is very present here yeah and theater even if you unless you're producing a you know a commercial run of a play on broadway or you know pantages mm-hmm. or something you're not going to make money. You're not even going to make enough to cover your costs. It's just that that's just the reality of the situation. And I think here there's a little less understanding of the fact that plays need to be actually funded because you're not going to be able to do it through box office. So let alone if it's free and then you you really can't. And and
0: then you really (laughs) can't. So people can make donations then Mm -hmm. to the Shakespeare company directly, or do you get it funding from like the arts council or we
1: get, uh, we have a really, uh, Wide range of funding. We're very lucky. We have a, we have an, we got an NEA grant this year. That may be obviously the last year the NEA gives anything for mm-hmm. some time. Um, we get funding from the state, from the city, Department of Cultural Affairs. So we, we get a certain a lot of funding that adds up. The government funding we get adds up about ten percent. Yeah. So the rest of it comes from donations, fundraising, either individual donations or different grants and different foundations. And about um, 60% of our funding comes from individuals. And those are donations ranging from 50 cents to, you know, $5,000. Or, you know, it's yeah. like a really broad range. And we do take collections at the park. But so we get it's... All different way. Basically, anyway, yeah. any way someone wants to give us money, we'll it. make work. <laughs> and we'll put we'll it on it. stage yeah. <laughs> at some point.
0: <coughs> um, well, I hope that... If, if anything, people glean from this episode as well, and everything we've been talking about too, that they support their local arts, support mm-hmm. your local, if you have a Shakespeare company in your town, um, if you're here in LA and you haven't been to see um, the Independent Shakespeare Company at Griffith Park, go and do it. It's going to be there all throughout the summer, and you've got several days to choose from. There's no excuse not to go and bring your friends because... I'll tell you. After that, we decided that we're gonna make it like a family tradition, like every oh, year. That's great. We're gonna keep. I'm not gonna cry, but like we're gonna keep taking her because it was such a special. Oh my thing. god! I'm thank totally you crying. so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally crying. I don't know why. Um. Anyway, but it was such a special thing because we're both such like,
1: you know, fans of theater, and I just mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. Thank you. And it's that is one of the most amazing things for all of us is to see. We see, have seen children grow up now yeah. because we've been doing it. What, like 20, 15 years, 15, years? Yeah. in LA city parks and, and 10 years in Griffith park. And you see the same families every year and you mm-hmm. watch these kids grow up. There I was a, there that. was a couple that got engaged on our stage intermission Aww. cause that's where they had their second date. Aww. And then last year they brought back their new baby. Oh my gosh. So, that's it's, so it's sweet. like amazing to see like to be woven yeah. into the fabric of people's lives to go back totally. to that idea of what is success. Yeah. I can't imagine anything. I mean, that is such a gift for me to be able to say I've, you know, I've helped build this thing that my community feels so much ownership of that they've made it part of their family's life. And I think if if anything you should
0: take away from that, that is absolutely the measure of success because people, it's a milestone. It's a moment in time. It is, um, a, a bridge, you know, in the community. And that to me Mm -hmm. is Success. That's a legacy. That's something that you can really embrace. Thank you. Um, And who needs a Tony or an Oscar anyway? Right. (laughs) Right. They give those to anybody. Tonies.
1: They just collect dust. One one more thing for me to clean.
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) Who needs that? Um, Melissa, thank you so much for coming to be on my show and making me me. cry at the end. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what's going on. Um, You guys, I'm going to put up information about the Independent Shakespeare Company and their season up on motherhoodandhollywood.com as well as... um, other information about more about their shows and that sort of thing. And, um, thank you again. For and you're being so on welcome. And I
1: hope uh, everyone comes and joins us and yes, says hi.
0: Afterwards. Please do. Please do. All right, everybody have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye.
1: Mama funny.
0: Balls.